This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. So today I have Johan. Hi, how are you? Hey, Annie, how are you? So excited to be on your podcast. So excited to, uh, to have this conversation. I'm, I'm very grateful. That's so awesome. So I got to see recently you did a talk. It was almost like a TED talk um, on your journey and your story. And it was, it was amazing. It was super compelling. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on too and be able to just share, you know, where, where everything has taken you and where it's going next which is awesome. So um, why don't you start sort of at the beginning? Why don't you kind of back right up and, and tell me where everything kind of started from you? Yeah, so uh, to do that, I actually have to go to another country and it's uh, Dominican Republic. So that's where I, I really grew up and, and uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fun, there's a lot of dancing, like with everything in the Caribbean and, and or uh, I guess, what some people assume, and, and then there's a lot of drinking, and 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 that happened pretty regularly in in my in my youth. And I remember as I was um, as I was a little kid, and I was just like playing hide and go seek in my in my home. And and I remember one specific moment where my dad just like grabbed me, and and while while I was running with some friends, and and he's just like he sits me on his lap, and I was probably like either six or seven. He, he brings this glass up to me and I, I literally thought it was apple juice. So, so he just like brings it up to me. And, the, and then I, as soon as I taste it instantly, I knew it's like, this is an apple juice. I almost spit it back up. And, and, and he just tells me, and he's like laughing and all his friends are laughing. And, and he, he says, he says, that's beer. And you have to learn how to drink that. And I remember like when he put me down and I was like, I never, I never want to drink that. But I remember looking back and thinking like, that's something that adults do. That's something a man does. And, mm-hmm. and that's how early my encounter with alcohol was. And then, and then as another moment that I think was a, was a pivotal moment in, in growing up in the Caribbean and, and, and was, was actually in Christmas Eve. So uh, um, th- December in general is just like this holiday month in the Caribbean and, and, and especially in Dominican Republic. And, I remember that, that there was this New Year's Eve party. My parents were super excited because it was just like the place to be. Like my entire family just wanted to be there. They were super excited and so was I. And my cousins were there and then friends and family. A lot of people I didn't know as well. And I was about like 12, I think like 11 or 12 years old. And when I got there, I felt so nervous. I wanted to like, I I felt like this was going to basically set everything in place for the upcoming year. But at the same time, I felt like there were so many people that I want to connect with. And, and even growing up, I remember just a lot of racing thoughts, a lot of, a lot of uh, nervousness inside that I couldn't really put my finger on it and just not being able to articulate. Yeah. So so all of a sudden, I, I, I'm in, so they tell all the kids, like, we're in this library, and, and, and all the kids are just, like, hanging out. There's music, there's dancing, and by this time, there's this one girl that I just want to talk to, and I don't know how. So I go to, like, my cousin. He's a couple of years older. He's the cool kid in the room, 
and there's everything about him that I want to emulate. And I, and I asked him, I, I was like, hey, what do I got to do to be cool? And I remember he just took this tall glass, no ice, nothing, just pours absolute vodka about halfway through. He hands it over to me and he just says, drink it. And I remember that that was just like, I wanted it. So, I wanted to be cool so bad, Annie, that I just said, whatever it takes. And I did that. And I just like gulped. And I remember feeling the burning sensation. And I remember almost like just having it all come up. And I thought, no, I got to do this. I remember the tears coming down my eyes. And finally, I put it down. There was like, the guys were like clapping or whatever. But what was happening inside was just crazy because I remember that all those like racing thoughts, all those emotions, those feelings that I just couldn't articulate. It's like when you're in a room and it's like a loud air conditioner and all of a sudden it's like someone turned it off. And I just, I felt like I was present. I felt in the moment and, and I just walked over to the girl. I talked to her, I made some joke. It was awesome. And, and, and then there was dancing. I remember it was like probably like the best like five to 10 minutes of my life. And then it went black. And, and I woke up the <laughs> next day. <laughs> Lights out. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's and such a good up, story. I woke up the next day and it was, I was in my grandmother's toilet. And it was just horrible. I actually ended up ruining Christmas Eve. Grounded for Christmas. New Year's because it was so embarrassing for my parents because I actually made a mess of it. But I remember that my dad told me, and he said, um, he said, you just got to learn how to drink like a man and you'll figure it out. And I didn't think about all the consequences or anything. I just thought I need to figure out how to extend those like five to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's like how my journey started with alcohol. And then I, I wasn't I wasn't an active drinker then, but I remember that every time that 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 nervousness came up, that that sensation, I remembered like I know what fixed this, and that was always my go-to. And there were definitely days that that it was just like being able to find the balance. But but as at least my 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 life progressed, it it not only became my, my tool to kind of take the edge off for when I was nervous, but also when I was like feeling really bad. And I, I, that, the video that you mentioned and, and, and I really appreciated your feedback so much because I, there, I, I probably went into my story in a different way that I hadn't. And it's, and it's because the emotional side of it and, and a lot of the pivotal moments that, that I remember, because I grew up probably like in a middle, middle uh, class family in Dominican Republic. But, um, but I remember there were things that I can see now that my parents did the best they could with what they had. But there was a lot of abuse in my home. There was, there was physical abuse from my dad to my mom. And then there was, there, there was specifically one family member that there was sexual abuse from him to me. Mm. And I remember that whenever that, that, those kind of moments came up, there was always drinking involved for me. And, and it started to happen like late at night when I just, I didn't know how to do life. I felt like I was just going to disappear. I couldn't handle those emotions. And it was just like, that go to like, I need to numb this. 
you need to make this go away. Mm-hmm. And that was my coping mechanism for so long. And, and I guess what, what the, I guess growing up in my teens and then early twenties, it just became something that was part of my weekends that kind of started extending to my weeks. My life became really, really unmanageable, really quick because I just felt that everyone else had this way of doing and being able to deal with life and I couldn't. And I really didn't think that drinking was an issue. I thought drinking was the only way to get through it. Right, the only answer, totally. So so when, when I found myself, um, at one point I started realizing like, okay, this is happening like Tuesdays. Wednesdays and and what's happening in my life right now is like I'm 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 wanting to to go to college to finish my career to 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 get a job a job that 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 will take me to that next level so kind of like in that in between but also like questioning like what am I going to do with my life and and in all that time it's just like this this drinking just keep being on progressing and there i remember identifying like okay i gotta stop this i gotta tone this down and that's where i started freaking out because i remember days where i would say okay not not today and that same day Hmm. just reaching out like something would happen something would always happen and there was this trigger and i was like like either i'm going to deal with these emotions and i just thought i don't even know how to it's not in my toolbox anymore. And that's where I was just like, I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. So, so for me, it looked like, so mind you, here's a 23 year old who is living with his mom. Um, by now I had gotten kicked out of two colleges in one year because I just wouldn't show up. And, and I had quit uh, probably like three or four jobs because I, I knew they were going to fire me. And again, it was because I just wasn't up. And, yeah. and, then, and then I was, my mom couldn't handle it anymore because my life was unmanageable and I was affecting my sister. Like my younger sister was six years younger she's 17 about to graduate and it's it's affecting her so and she's telling me hey johan you got to get out and i had no solution i just didn't know like i was looking at homelessness wow and i was so glad i was so glad now that my mom did that at the time i was freaking out because i i didn't i didn't think i was going to be able to handle it in the streets so my solution really quickly became um, suicidal thoughts, the idea of suicide mm-hmm. or, and, and, and that, and, and then, um, and then I remember in that time. So I, in that two week period where I'm looking at, like, I got to get out, I got to figure something out. A cousin of mine reaches out and, and she's actually in a rehab and she needs a ride to a, to a 12 step recovery meeting. And she, she tells me, Hey, can you give me a ride? And, and, and I do. And then she asked me if I want to go in. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> and, and, 
and I thought, uh, yeah, I guess. What 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 am I gonna do in there again? Because like I'm not putting two and two together I just know I have a problem with this thing that I can't stop but it's my only solution and I just have a life issue I just have a life problem I don't know how to do life and I don't know what's next so so my cousin said well do you think you have a little issue with drinking and I and I said maybe but telling the truth was not something that I was used to anymore because I had to hide it because I didn't want you to see that armor of just like, I didn't want you to see how I see me. Because if you see me how I see me, then you're going to feel about me the way I feel about me. And I don't want that. Because I, I beat myself up enough. So I go in. And, and it's this room. And it's just like a whole bunch of happy people. And I was just like, what is this? Because my notion of what a 12-step recovery meeting is, is just like, not this. And there's people that just look healthy. They're happy. And, 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 and they're just sharing their story. And for the first time in a long time, I heard of people that kind of like drank like me, that had a lot of consequences like me. And it really felt like time stopped again. And, and, they, and they just told my story in such a compelling way that I said, I want, I want to stick around for this because I, need, I, I don't know if I, I, if I have a solution here or not, but it's better than what I got right now. So that kind of started that journey. And I haven't, that was 2007 in, um, yeah, 2007. And, uh, and I haven't had a drink since. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And so what, what it, was there anything that was hard in the early days, like socializing or friends or what, what did you have to do to get yeah. through it? Yeah, for me, it was, it was really difficult to, to be able to change, like, and I, I don't know if you've heard this, but a lot of people say, like, well, the things that I got to be really aware of are, like, people, places, and things, hmm. especially people and places, and, and that's where I also realized, like, I had a routine. I didn't think I was. I thought it was a winning everything, but I had a routine, and then all of a sudden, it revolved so much around social drinking that in the beginning I just felt like I can't do anything and and uh, but I was willing to to change that schedule up to in the in the beginning for me it it looked a lot like abstinence but but then especially around moments that I had to be social that I wanted to be social it was like, okay, so what are my tools here? What are my tools when that conversation comes up? When someone says like, hey, what are you drinking? And, and it was really about having a plan. And for me, that's like really crucial where, where even, even today, if, if uh, sometimes the question is annoying and sometimes it's not, but, but, but I, I like to have a plan where it's like, hey, I, I know either the, the kind of mocktail that I want to order or or even if it's in a different glass so people just don't ask me but mentally I'm getting ready mentally I'm preparing uh physically I guess I'm having a plan of what I'm going to order and that makes I'd say that's almost 80 percent of it because once I get to that social social situation it usually the question doesn't come because it's really all in my head of someone saying like hey why aren't you drinking like most people don't ask the question. And then if they do, uh, I can easily say like, oh, I'm just not. 
or 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 I just said no, not today. And 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 but having that ready, like, is 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 a big part of of what what that looks like. But today, it's I actually don't mind sharing. Like, oh, I just don't drink. That's awesome. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. And so these days, what is life like for you? So today, um, life is honest. So one of the things that, that, uh, we, we, uh, I was, I was sharing earlier was honesty was not part of my vocabulary. And, and, um, and I think the power of, of mentors is a huge place in, in guiding me, especially navigating through those steps of, doing something that's completely foreign. And I have heard of a lot of people that kind of do it on their own and, and try to figure it out. But, but I feel like having a mentor, it really just compresses time of how I can get over these humps because the ability to, to, to know and talk to someone that has been through this path for me is huge. And that's one of the things that, that, that I actually uh, was really excited when we first met um, in Colorado was, uh, we actually met in Phoenix, was to reach out to you about this wonderful space that we're in. Because, because um, what life is like today is that I really have found a passion and a calling for helping men to start this alcohol-free journey or have it be the catalyst to really start an internal and external journey of like how this can be life-changing. And it's not, it's not that removing the alcohol is like, oh, life is all of a sudden going to get better. But it really was for me a mirror mm. to be able to look honestly, to have an honest look and say, hey, there's changes that have to be made. And if I'm starting with one, like it's incredible, the power of one change and how it can compound. Mm-hmm. and 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 i i think i think he, and and we've related to this when we have our conversations that 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 just becomes such a catalyst for for being able to to find a place of passion and of sharing that story and and um and that's that's where the journey has taken me right now where i really want to be able to share that story and to share other stories of people that have um, have had this epiphany or this catalyst in the same way, but different. So, so I know our stories are very different on on why we decided to get on this path, and but it's kind of it, it kind of unites us as well because we get to share that experience, and and I love how unique it is yeah. in that, um, and it and it helps on the psychological side, the the the, the, the physically what's going on. And, um, and, and, and then just emotionally and spiritually for me, it's, it's that life changing that I always wanted. And I finally got in and, and, and there's good days, there's really good days. And then there's, there's really low days, but the tools, the habits, the ability to reach out to other people that I'm on this journey, because loneliness was such a big part of it for me, like freaking out that I was not going to have a social life ever. And being able to find a community that, that does not drink or chooses not to, and, and it doesn't have to be for forever, but for people that are choosing right now not to, and 
to be able to socialize I, 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 and I can be around people that are drinking or not. It's not, it's, it's no longer an issue for me. So that's one of the things that happens today. And then, and then also to be able to, to be able to um, live life on life's terms in a way. And um, what that looks like for me is like, I, like for the first time I, I, I lost someone dear to me. So my, my aunt and, and, and my mother's sister, and I was really close to her. And that's the first person that, that, um, that I've lost like that. And for me, a moment like that, there was no question about it that I was going to end up drinking over that. That would have just been my go-to. And today I, I can look back and see how selfish that would have been because it's not like I would have had a couple of drinks and like it, it, it would have, I would have just ruined a lot of things. And today I get to go through those feelings and that I don't have to deal with. Like, I know I don't want to talk about it. I do want to, my default is isolating, but I, today I can recognize that. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to be part of, of friends that I can say like, hey, I'm going through this, that I can talk to them. And it's like, what is it making me, like that self-knowledge today is so huge. And it's one of the things that I, I kind of always chase when I, I, I guess when, when I was here telling that story earlier of like, I was in this real big social situation and I just wanted to be part of so badly. And, and, and what I've realized today is that that takes effort, that takes work. That takes me putting myself out there. Not only that, but having a close knit group of friends, men and women that, that I can be honest about and that know a side of me. Like I, I don't have to be completely transparent to ed- everyone, but, but to a select few, it's, it's crucially important for me because I need to have people on my side that know what I'm going through. That's awesome. That, 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 I can like instantly, I feel like you and I can have a connection where it's just like, I know when I'm feeling socially distressed and like alcohol was such a big part of our life. And then what do I do now? And I can, I can literally ask you that question and I know, and and I'm going to be listening because I know that, that there's a better way. So good. I, I think you're right about, it's interesting. You, you said something that we kind of just skipped past, but I think it's worth coming back to is just this idea of um, how could you not drinking at somebody else's death be selfish? And I feel like that's just kind of worth exploring because it is, um, there's so human connection happens in moments of vulnerability, right? And, you know, Brene Brown has taught us this and it's just Mm -hmm. like a universal truth. It, it happens. We connect when we're vulnerable and people connect. And when we lose somebody, the emotional vulnerability that we're going through, or when anything intense is happening in our lives, just, you know, as a parent, when you're dealing with things that make you really emotional or stressed, and if you put down the I have it all together mask and you pick up the like, okay, this is my real life mask. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you're connecting with others. And not only is it amazing for you to connect, but you give the gift of allowing somebody to be there for you, which is such a a gift. And so alcohol disguises and like dampens down and removes vulnerability. Like it removes emotional vulnerability. It removes the um, vulnerability of, of things aren't all together. 
And it, you know, really, so yes, you can argue that you get really drunk and then it all comes out and you're weeping and crying, but those connections that are happening with just one part of our brain functioning, you know, they're not, they're not real and they're not lasting. And actually there can even be more shame caused by that weepy, you know, crying on your shoulder because I really got vulnerable with you after, you know, a six pack of beer moment. Um, because it isn't, you don't know what you said. I mean, I had my fair share of those. And so I just think it's really interesting because the selfishness not only comes from honoring your aunt, but also comes from the people in your life that could have been there for you or that you could have been there for during this time where you are not being fully present for them. And so I just, I don't know, I wanted to highlight that because it's just such a powerful thing and so true. Yeah, absolutely. I agree because yeah, that, and that was the difference. I was able to be present. So good. So good. So, so you're doing this now and I know we met and I heard your story. And um, if you, I think if you just, we'll put it in the show notes, but if you uh, Google your name, so yeah. Johan Cabrera, yeah. I hope that's right. Oh, I and like that accent. <laughs> if you Google uh, how to drink like a man is um, the talk that I saw Johan do. And it's just really, really powerful. And um, yeah, it's, it's great. But how else, like, what else are you doing? So I know you said that you feel this as a mission and a passion and we've, we've connected over that. And yeah. um, so what does that look like? Where can people find you? So, so um, I, I did start a podcast. Uh, you definitely had a huge part in motivating me with that and it is uh it's called drink like a man and it's and it's about reclaiming that statement as well because i feel that that there's so much associated with that like and i heard it so many times in my life or, or just like oh well to drink like a man means that you know how to drink and and uh and and for me i i, I wanted to play uh, reclaim that and, and and say that drinking like a man is actually removing the alcohol Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's really about um, men and women that I, I get to interview and they share their story on how they kind of just came along on this path um, and, and wanting to explore that. And uh, hopefully and soon I'm, I'm saying it on here, we're going to have a, a coaching program uh, specifically for men that, that want to start this journey um, that, that's in the works. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's on Apple iTunes, it's on Google Podcasts, and it's on uh, Spotify, if anyone wants to connect. That's great. That's so cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, my husband, Brian, he says hello, because he's oh, doing That's so great. So. Tell Brian to say hi. Yeah, <laughs> great. It's so, I, I mean, just, just, you know, when you meet somebody and you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, their, their heart is in the right place. Like you just, I have such a... Um, yeah, I'm just really excited for what you're doing because it's, it's so needed, you know, and I always talk about this idea is like, well, you know, so I'm five, seven with brown hair and three kids in Colorado, like, who's gonna, you know, relate to me, not everybody, of course, you know, and then you're from the Dominican, and you're, you know, like a man, and you have all these different qualities. And like, that's so beautiful. It's so important. The more voices, the more people sort of saying, hey, you know, there, there can be another option. It doesn't have to be um, just all drinking all the time, like our culture. I heard this term recently, the alco alcocentric culture. I heard it from um, Holly in an article she she was interviewed in um holly glenn whitaker who is the founder of the tempest and yeah i was like oh that's a really interesting term an alcocentric culture and i mean it's 
it's really true. And so, yeah, it's great to have so many more voices. So that's awesome. So last question for you, uh, if you could go back to, and I want you to do maybe do this in two parts, just because, um, first of all, you're, you're just a great storyteller and I was, I was riveted, but I'd love for you to go back to, uh, to the version of you who is just, and I, I don't believe that we make mistakes. I believe that everything happens to us for a reason and we learn from it and we mm. become who we need to be through it, you know? And so you can go back to that version of you who was handed that bottle of, of vodka and then maybe go back to the version of you that was really struggling when, when you were about to take your um, friend to the AA meeting and say, you know, what would you, what would you tell them about what life is like on the other side? Wow. Yeah, that's, ah, for, for that 12 year old, I, I would tell them that, that you're, you're okay, that you don't need anything to let, to let you feel and know that you're loved. And, and I know that you want to accelerate or do whatever it takes to to get to that level or, or to talk to that person or but that doesn't have to come at the sacrifice of 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 numbing reality numbing life and that there are people even if you feel that the people that are supposed to be the ones that are to tell you like, hey, um, let's talk about this. And, and maybe they never did. There are people that you can choose that will listen to you, that will love you, and that will not freak out when you say that truth. That you don't have to hide it. You don't have to be alone and put on this like face of like everything's okay because you're trying to keep everything okay with your parents, with your friends, and that, and that, like, like Brene Brown said, that, that perfectionism, that armor, that you need to be on that white horse, and you have to be that knight, like, you don't, you, you can, you can be a kid, and you can talk real things that are happening, and you don't have to put on that face, and, and, and I guess for that 23-year-old, I, 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 and I, I would let him know that, and, and I'm going to borrow a lot of what you said, which is like, there are no mistakes and you're specific, especially you're not a mistake. There may be things that you wish you would have never had to go through, but that doesn't mean that it's going to define who you are. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be perpetual. And that doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice and also just pushing that down, compartmentalizing, and then feeling it like break out of you. Like you don't have to do that. Like it will get better and faster than you think. But being honest and taking that leap and, and there are people that are in the same place as you. And just because there's other people that, that you feel like you need to impress or, or, or compare like, Sometimes it's about putting on those blinders on the side and just and 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 just keep taking that next right step, and it's gonna get better. It really is, and it starts with being honest. It starts with being vulnerable. It starts with with surrounding yourself 
with people that that will that will help you and i think i think that's that's where that that's where i would go that's so awesome i love that so much beautiful really good well thank you so much thank you for sharing your story thank you for all the details and the vulnerability and um, the wisdom really it it shines through and i just yeah it was just such an honor Uh, i love it thank you annie i'm so grateful so so great did you miss this naked mind live and do you maybe have a little bit of fomo but don't worry i've got you covered in fact i had the entire event professionally recorded and it's available digitally transformation in your living room yep that is what it's all about you can grab your digital ticket at thisnakedmind.com forward slash digital ticket and as always rate review and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today Thank you.